Hey guys, this is Gina Versa. Um, uh, we are doing a episode of TV Hangouts to uh, brighten your days in these uh, turbulent times. Um, we're doing the TV, the CBS streaming show Star Trek Picard, which uh, launched last month, or actually two months ago at the end of January, and it's been on for a few episodes, and we're kind of doing a recap episode to talk about the first four episodes of the series and joining me today is a friend of the show i i, I believe he's listened to a few um nathan mcwerther how are you good sir i'm good how are you i'm doing well i'm doing well just uh hope uh just kind of uh just relaxing and uh uh quarantine was it uh just staying inside yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, I know. It's uh, it's crazy out there. If uh, if it's not the rain that'll get you, it's something else. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Nathan, uh, tell us a little about yourself. Um, how have you been? Uh, how have you been doing these days? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I um, yeah. I uh, I'm a a writer. I guess if I'm just introducing myself, I'm a mm-hmm. sci-fi writer. Um, I would say by hobby at this point, um, uh, with an office job. So. Um, yeah, when you hit me up to do this, I, I'm a lifelong Star Trek fan. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah. You're a trekker. I am. I, it's fun. <laughs> oh, it's funny that you say trekker because I, I hear so many people who hate the, the whole Trekkie thing, but mm-hmm. I've always thought of myself as a Trekkie, like, and I okay. don't get, um, like people who I don't know. I'd like, I get that it gets kind of thrown around as like a negative thing. I've never felt like it was negative or anything that I, you know wanted to shy away from or anything like that. And, um, yeah, I see people online sometimes who are like, yeah, all Trekkies and other people get really mad about even using <laughs> that word. So um, I don't know. I, I think of myself as a Trekkie before a Trekker. Um, okay. I, just I, I just a, wanted, I just wanted to be safe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. And I'm, I'm sure there are some people listening who are probably thinking like, yeah, it's Trekker. It's not Trekkie. Yeah. Trekkie's offensive <laughs> between the two. I mean, honestly, as an English lit major too, I, I like the sound of the word Trekkie better than. Yeah. Trekkie. It's, yeah. It's, it's nice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Trekker is just so hard and <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, anyway, yeah. So writer with an office job, um, continually inspired by Star Trek. So yeah, and um, I, yeah, we've been on a few podcasts before. I think we were on yeah. uh, back in the day the uh, National, or excuse me, it was the Doctor Odyssey podcast. Doctor Odyssey, yeah, and we yeah. did uh, we did a couple of Marvel ones, I think, for Civil War. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, Fun times. yeah so oh, that was like been, four years ago. Yeah, it's been a couple of years for sure. It's been a while. Yeah. But uh, Nathan, can you uh, tell us a little bit about? Um, you know, you said you're a longtime fan. Just uh, what's your history with Star Trek? Um, do you have any like first memories of the show? Yeah, it's really funny that you say that. Um, so my my dad is a huge sci-fi fan. My dad is a huge Star Trek fan. And my folks uh, were really big into Next Generation. So it's perfect that we're talking about Picard and that this nice. is coming back. <laughs> and I, like, Next Generation started in, I think, 87 or so. And I was born in 89. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it was 80. They it's starting 88. Somebody out there is upset with me right now. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. So I, I grew up actually with it being in the background. My parents were always watching it when I was growing up. Uh, my mom has, and my wife was just telling me today, nobody's going to believe this story when you tell it. But my mom has a story of me being two years old and knowing mm-hmm. the intro to <laughs> Star Trek next generation. Nice. Um, the whole, 
Picard saying these are the uh, voyages of Starship Enterprise, that whole thing Mm -hmm. at two years old, I knew by heart and would just kind of recite along with it. Um, I would say a lot of my early memories are definitely uh, when I watch some, uh, you know, kind of reruns of any next generation, I definitely like, you know, kind of there is a a lot of nostalgia and a lot of it that I remember kind of as a little kid. Mm -hmm. Uh, My dad had plenty of action figures of the entire Enterprise crew and um, the Enterprise itself. And so I have a lot of memories of playing with those when I was really young uh, from the Borg. Like like just little action figures, like little, yeah, action figures of like the Borg, Ferengi, Picard, Troy, um, the data also some like kind of like just different background characters that sometimes I'll, I'll just be watching an episode and be like, Oh, I had that guy as an action figure. That's so mm-hmm. weird. Cause he's in one episode, but for some reason we had it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's better than like, uh, I don't know, like star Wars, uh, the, uh, you know, they have like characters for like literally everyone back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it, you're right. It is really different because Star Trek did or Star Wars does a lot of that. And there isn't as much kind of Star Trek um, mm-hmm. that like uh, that is as popular or as marketing or marketable, any of that. So it is kind of funny that I when I was growing up, I had more Star Trek toys and I had Star Wars toys. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of my memories of the show and I guess my history with the show for sure. Nice. <laughs> Yeah. Um, myself, I was always, uh, you know, I started with the original series on the oh, G4 cool. network. Yeah. And I remember that RIP. Yep. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I just started watching kind of uh, these reruns and they would have like little graphics kind of like they would do like, oh, does this red shirt die or do you see like Kirk's uh, shirt torn kind of counting? Oh, like it was, a like, little shirt. like multiple choice in between. No, it was just like a like almost like commentary. It was like a two point oh, sort of funny. thing, you know? Yeah. That it would it would like pop up at the bottom of the screen during mm-hmm. the episode? Yeah, there was the uh, to the right side, yeah. Oh, how funny. That's awesome. Yeah, That's so really cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, so you started with original series then? Yeah, the original series. Um and that kind of leads into I guess the next question, like you know, favorite they were always, uh, you know, original series I just find, like, a little more interesting, uh, kind of, not, not interesting in terms of just how they're in, but just to, to me, just the archetypes and the just dwell, it jives with me and my tastes and sensibilities, but, you know, we're always at, I guess, uh, this, this always is a question, uh, favorite captain? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, it should fairly make sense from everything I just said, but definitely Picard, uh, <laughs> absolutely. Nice is and it's funny because i was just about to ask you if you were if you were kirk then if you were yeah i am kirk Kirk, because okay (laughs) you know i was telling people like uh you know i like picard picard's great don't i'm not sure talking picard but like (laughs) i think kirk gets a bad reputation where he is thinking he's being thought of as reckless but i don't Mm -hmm. think he is and picard um you know picard is very calculated but kirk makes calculated risks you know yeah yeah, that's true. I definitely agree with that. I, I, I think that in the realm of people who maybe are in the, the Picard camp or anything like that, they can kind of have a, a bad rap toward Kirk maybe for that. And, you know, one of the things I do love about Picard is the um, what's the best way to say it? just that he, just he's just 
classy. Like, I mean, he's just sophisticated. He's just very well knowledgeable, very cultural. Um, you know, he's always reading a book. You know, he's got that that great line about all a man needs is is to just kind of sit by himself alone with a good book, you know, which, yeah. of course, is great. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it's funny you saying that about Kirk and how he's, you know, calculated risks and stuff. But um, Janeway in Ooh. Voyager has a great line about Kirk and, and about him being a, uh, you know, just, um, out on, you know, kind of the open frontier, like, you know, kind of in the old West that it was a different sort of world that, you know, they were living in at that time versus the, the more cushy posh, yeah. uh, kind of, you know, the enterprise, definitely the enterprise <laughs> D definitely has a way different feel than Picard mm-hmm. or than Kirk's enterprise. And there's, there's a good reason for, for a lot of that, yeah. you know, it was in well, I mean, a different you know, world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. different galaxy so yeah he doesn't he definitely doesn't deserve the bad rap that he gets from certain people i agree oh yeah no of course and um do, do you um was it so you identify a lot with the uh next generation bridge crew what yeah. what is what is, what uh what do you like about them like, what is, uh yeah i oh what do i like about them? what what don't i like about them? <laughs> um i mean like every i mean everything from you know just the Obviously, any sort of everything kind of trickles down. So Picard, you know, just kind of comes at everything from this really great diplomatic, as you're saying, kind of calculated um, way um, and, you know, from a lot of culture. And then definitely I what I actually love a lot is I love Riker's sort of balance juxtaposition. Uh, between the two of them a lot of ways um Riker a lot of times to me and in a lot of definitely in the early seasons always reminds me of Kirk he mm-hmm. kind of has Kirk's sort of more calculated mm-hmm. risk and willing to kind of take a risk and step outside of what you know Picard's very um yeah you know w- what what Picard kind of thinks so that their their balance is always great um and then, I mean, everything, uh, everybody from from Data and Worf, Data and Worf are just two really great characters in general as two people who come from, you know, kind of in the in the same vein of Spock, of course, is, is you know, is Data and Worf from coming from, you know, partly something that is human and earthbound, but has, you know, a... Um, you know, something that they're carrying with them, whether, you know, you consider it to be a chip on their shoulder or baggage yeah. or, or just a different perspective. You know, Data, obviously, uh, aspiring to be human and, and being made by humans. Um, everything about his story, Worf having been raised by humans, but being Klingon and aspiring to be more Klingon than he is. Like, I just I love mm-hmm. the I love their stories. I love those individual stories. Um, yeah. What about- yeah, they're. Yeah, they're really fascinating. Um, sorry, uh, myself, I guess. I just love the, uh, you know, the bridge crew for the original series. Kirk, Spock, and McCoy are just uh, so iconic. I love their yeah. their dichotomy and just the way they play off each other. You know, like, you know, Spock, I think, is probably my favorite character. Oh, yeah. Just, you know, that scene in uh, Wrath of Khan always gets me. It makes me cry a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing him oh, go. Yeah. You know, even though you know he's going to be back, it's still yeah. uh, so good. <laughs> Yeah, no, you can't. You can't help but be, but be heartbroken. You can't help but be touched by all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but McCoy and Spock were—they're just great together. Yeah, yeah, always exactly. have been. Yeah, I guess just going right into it. Um, yeah, you know, so this launch to, you know, the the launch was really surprising in the first episode called "Remembrance Remembrance" um, for Picard. It's really surprising in. 
it uh, takes it picks up the pieces from uh, mm-hmm. Star Trek Nemesis, which is like the most yep. hated yeah. of, the, of the films. It's like up there with like, <laughs> people do not like that. <laughs> um, and also um, uh, Star Trek 09 by J.J. Yeah. Abrams, which everyone, you know, it's universally loved. It's certainly one of Abrams' better films. Yeah. <laughs> Especially after Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny you kind of saying that because I was thinking about I was thinking about how mm-hmm. how this did come from sort of those two properties from Nemesis and from Star Trek 09. But I was thinking of it from the sense of like, oh, Star Trek 09 that not many people kind of like. So I was kind of thinking of it from a little bit different that the seeds of this do come from two things that I feel aren't. I, I mean, 09 is probably more mixed feelings rather than yeah. just kind of, you know, the negativity that, yeah, of course, comes from or is in uh, Final Frontier or, mm. you know, the negative reaction to Nemesis. But I feel like yeah. there are little seeds that came from Nemesis and Star Trek 09 that, mm-hmm. you know, there was a good foundation to build off of. Yeah, because, I mean, it, you know, it deals with like the destruction of, you know, Romulus and the. Yep. Uh, just kind of the death of data, which were two yep. monumental events that happened for the next generation uh, universe, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's funny. Cause I remember, I remember when, I remember when 09 came out and I remember a lot of people just being like, Oh, I can't believe they did this. I can't believe mm-hmm. they did that. And I remember somebody saying, nobody's really talking about the fact that all of that happened in the Kelvin timeline, but what they actually did in the prime timeline is they destroyed Romulus. Like that's way bigger than any sort of like, I can't believe that you, you know, X, Y, and Z, you know, in in the Kelvin, like that doesn't matter as much as the, the effect that that movie had in the prime timeline. Cause, um, for Star Trek 09, um, you know, uh, seeing, seeing, uh, you know, Romulus, I mean, the Klingons are kind of like the, uh, I guess, like the USSR. What were the Romulans? What were they an allegory for? I'm not, uh, what would you say? I mean, I, it's funny because I, I think of, I mean, I, st- I still kind of think of them as being a little along the lines of the USSR, but I do feel like mm-hmm. there is little bits of, um, I mean, of, of a variety of other sort of uh, countries, whether it be, um, you know, places like Korea or, or mm-hmm. you know, Germany, definitely, yeah. you know, like different different aspects of different parts in, in our time. Um, I mean, the Romulans have always and, and in this, they they definitely it comes up frequently with with Narek, not to kind of get ahead of just uh, this first episode, but mm-hmm. in terms of like secrets. And so yeah. there's, you know, there's a lot within the USSR and with the KGB and stuff that is very secret driven. And mm-hmm. it, that is, you know, kind of a main part of the culture. Same thing with like yeah. North Korea, obviously, or like the SS in Germany mm-hmm. that, you know, those are, I would say all, you know, very strong ties to, the Tal Shiar into the mm-hmm. Romulans and yeah. you know other things that we're about to get into. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, are there mm-hmm. any other ones that you can kind of think of that you feel the Romulans also kind of tie to historically? Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess kind of uh, North, North Korea for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, w- I would kind of go with that. Because yeah, I mean for Star Trek, and we'll get into just kind of, it's always a lot, it deals with a lot of real world allegories even though mm-hmm. 
you know, the Star Trek universe is supposed to kind of be this utopian society. <laughs> In some ways, I mean, they don't have currency and, you know, I mean, they've went past that. But then in other ways, they're still kind of have a lot of conflict. Because, um, you know, I was kind of going going to this theme of, uh, you know, the fact that uh, Starfleet, um, as you see in this uh, this prologue to everything, kind of becomes uh, their ideals become a big compromise because they yeah. they really drop the ball in uh, helping Romulus out because mm-hmm. of we find out later the synthetics kind of going crazy and you yeah. know that's that's against these starfleet ideals where mm-hmm. you know in uh was it in discover country you know when uh the klingons have their their thing they they didn't mm-hmm. mean to help them mm-hmm. you know? yeah and i really like that you mentioned that because that is that's probably one of my favorite star trek movies oh it's um great. yeah it's everyone should yeah. definitely watch that after yeah. this <laughs> oh absolutely if you haven't seen undiscovered country you definitely need to there's so many christopher Plummer in that does such oh, a great okay. job always putting um, here <laughs> yeah that's it's literally what i was just thinking is that entire dinner that, scene yeah. and when he just yells we need breathing room <laughs> and uh just all the different references and um so what does he say like i'm uh, like a northern star or what does he say something like that yeah <laughs> great work from christopher Plummer for sure yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, there there definitely is yeah with the destruction um, that happens in that movie, there is kind of them reaching out to to um, to Kronos and to the Klingons and helping them here, and then we have kind of almost a, a parallel situation in this, and there's you know Picard who's you know basically feeling as if there isn't anything to kind of feeling like almost like, you know, frustrated with the situation yeah. with kind of how he's having to, um, and it kind of comes up in, in the, the, I feel like the next episode, they didn't get as much into it in remembrance, but his own frustrations with the, the way that they responded. And I think, um, it's so kind of poignant and strong when mm-hmm. he just has his like kind of outburst there during the interview. And it was just like, yeah. it's not Starfleet anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm getting yeah, chills just thinking about that that line mm-hmm. again, you know, because some, it, some great some great acting from uh, Sir Patrick Stewart. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I just saw actually somebody um, asked the the showrunner, Michael Chabon, great novelist. Um, Michael Chabon asked him, like, what was the inspiration? And he was just saying, like, oh, Patrick Stewart. He was the inspiration for, for writing so much of this because he asked us challenge me in my acting. <laughs> yeah. And and I think that that definitely you know, was what they did. And it's the whole reason why he got into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and, um, yeah. It's amazing scene. And yeah, it's, you know, it's crazy that, you know, Starfleet, you know, just really loses its way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously that's something that kind of ties as we're kind of talking in a lot of real world applications and, and stuff like that um, in terms of, you know, sort of how things connect, you know, kind of allegorically and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I don't know. Um, you know, if you want to kind of touch on, on kind of how some of that ties back into, you know, sort of our, our real world now and, you know, especially things that were happening, you know, yeah, I mean, a couple of years ago. Yeah. I mean, you could compare it to like, you know, the Trump administration, you know, with like Puerto Rico, um, you know, mm-hmm. all, a lot of, uh, uh, aid to that, um, the Providence just, uh, you know, it wasn't helpful. And, you know, when someone's throwing friggin' toilet paper at people, <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's not either. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. The you, whole you thing, think, mm-hmm. I, I think of the refugee crisis kind of throughout, um, oh, yeah. 
yeah. yeah. And in Saudi Arabia and, and, you know, just a lot of the, um, yeah, just a lot, a lot of the, the issues kind of throughout history that, that we've kind of seen, mm-hmm. um, regarding refugees and, and, you know, people getting help, you know, when they, when they need it ultimately. And, and, you know, without any sort of, um, I don't know what the, what the word is or anything. Yeah. You know, with that, without the promise of, of, you know, getting something in return. Yeah. Like, like aid or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's just crazy to kind of see that this is that kind of chapter for, for Starfleet. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that's, that's interesting, they don't really talk about any of it, but one of the things that, um, I've seen a couple of people mention online, but I think is is really true. And it I had a buddy say that that Picard is for, you know, people who know Star Trek pretty well. Discovery is something that, you know, any, you know, anybody who casually watches can <laughs> just jump into. But mm-hmm. that Picard is something you kind of need to know yeah. a little bit. You need to dive into um, and come from knowledge. But mm-hmm. one of the things that they don't really talk about in the show, but one of the things that I think is a big factor in Starfleet's response is definitely that they just got out of a war. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the Dominion war from, from uh, DS nine, from D space nine, you know, kind of obviously took a really big toll on Starfleet mm-hmm. and took a really big toll on the galaxy yeah. and is part of their, I think their hesitancy. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Is that something that you were kind yeah. of thinking? As well? uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I would say, uh, yeah, I would, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, you know, more, you know, takes a lot of their resources. But, yeah, you know, but still, you know, uh, the Federation is, you know, this idealist society. It's, right. yeah, it's still it's still crazy that they just turn their back, too. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 funny, too, and this is kind of, I don't know if you want to, I think, I'm pretty sure it was in the next episode in Maps and Legends. I don't know if you want to kind of dive into that, but uh, in Picard's conversation with that admiral. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm blanking on, on what her name was, but, um, you know, there, there's this kind of classic archetype, I guess, in Star Trek of, of what they call a bad moral, you know, mm-hmm. bad admiral. And she kind of just immediately, you know, fits the bill. I mean, she's not in the classic sense that she's, you know, kind of secretly conspiring with something. She just, I mean, you know, it's nothing that we've seen that she's involved mm-hmm. in anything negative, but just in the sense of, her own frustrations with him and, and just kind of getting mad at him. You know, there, there has always been, I feel in Starfleet, these individuals who aren't as utopian as we all sort of yeah. hope. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Nathan, uh, just kind of changing gears is, um, changing gears here. Um, the, uh, what did you think of seeing data again after all these years and, uh, also finding out he's a father? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, Data has always been definitely a favorite of mine. And, um, yeah, the entire thing of sort of revealing that uh, that Dodge is Data's daughter or or at least that's the information we've been presented with, you know, kind of so far and stuff. Um, it's I mean, it's great. I love the opening kind of scene of this of that first episode of seeing uh, Picard and Data playing poker, which is just mm-hmm. so classic Next Generation. Yes. Um, being in Ten Forward and um, and especially the the shot of just seeing you know the Enterprise D again, mm-hmm. you know, um, especially 
you know, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen all of the movies and stuff, especially after it was destroyed and uh, just kind of being able to experience all of that uh, yeah. again. Yeah, it's okay. it's definitely very nostalgic and it's it's just uh, uh, like, you know, coming home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's also uh, it, it's funny. It's funny that you say that of him being a father, because I it's I, I think, you know, he previously was a father. You know, there, mm-hmm. there's the episode in Next Generation uh, Offspring where where he does create, you know, kind of his first uh, daughter or, or his mm-hmm. first offspring that he allows to kind of choose um, their gender and and. Uh, and that so um do you remember that you remember that episode no no i, I don't actually <laughs> oh yeah it's it's a really great one there's it's so funny i have i have a list uh, a buddy of mine and i made a list of like all the episodes that we felt were kind of pertinent to watching picard and it started with like 10 episodes and by the end of it it's like 27 episodes or something like that mm. and so um but yeah there's this there's this great episode where he just decides that he wants to uh be a father and he creates he creates a um, he creates a, another android, you know, using schematics of of his positronic brain and all of that. And he, um, you know, basically, yeah, it, it's just sort of about that and about what happens to her and all of that. Her name was Lol. Um, it's a really great episode. If anybody yeah. hasn't watched it. What's all? Yeah, we should. Uh, yeah, if you haven't checked it out, as I haven't, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, let's uh, we'll uh, do a viewing party after. Yeah, yeah. So the offspring for anybody who's not going to be at Gene and mine viewing party. <laughs> yeah. Netflix, watch the offspring. But um, but yeah, I I really liked um seeing you know kind of the uh, the legacy of Data you know kind of mm-hmm. as we're saying you know he got such a abrupt sort of ending in star trek nemesis and uh kind of a weird ending with the whole before and kind of transferring you know his memory yeah, yeah. he was like gone mm-hmm. but is he supposed to not be gone and then mm-hmm. by the time we kind of see him you know when picard and gerardi open up that drawer and you see the parts of before it's like okay so it didn't really work so there's a lot of kind of weirdness around data's death you know it's it, yeah and, and I, I was going to also say that the way the Next Generation crew kind of ended was also, you know, it ends on such a tragic, sad, yeah. um, you know? Yeah, it does. And it's funny that you say that because I, I – um... Because it, it does end on, like, these very tragic notes with, you know, everybody's going their separate ways, of course, as many things end. Data just died. But there is also, like, some interesting positivity in – I recently rewatched uh, Nemesis. Oh, and <laughs> there's yeah. – well, yeah, but there are still some, like, good parts. And one of the things I thought was interesting is that there is sort of this moment where um, – they basically they're they're you know kind of fighting off um you know the the clone the picard clone and and his uh um his mm-hmm. uh gosh i forget what they're called they're from remus but um though the those romulans that are with them the but remans? Picard, the remans? yeah i guess they are yeah, just yeah. remans um mm-hmm. but the other romulans you know kind of join in the fight there and mm-hmm. they kind of tell Picard at one point, like, You've, you'll always have a friend on Romulus now. Mm-hmm. Like, there becomes kind of almost a foreshadowing to Remembrance and to the whole refugee and Picard going out there and that he's already kind of bridged this gap between, you mm-hmm. know, 
the Federation, Picard, and and the Romulans. Um, yeah. So I always thought that was I thought that was really interesting upon kind of watching it again. So there's a little bit of hope in sort of the tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> that's nemesis. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, just moving along here, we had episode two, which uh, goes more into the synthetic band. We see the incident that was kind of, it happens on um, first contact day. If anyone doesn't know, yes. which is like April. God damn it. Oh, it's, I know it's April. Uh, April 5th, um, and we learned that from one of the best Star Trek films, uh, Star Trek First Contact. Yep. And um, Also a great movie if nobody's seen it and is watching yes. Picard without having seen it, definitely should. Yes, yeah. Definitely. And, yeah, this is kind of like a terrorist attack, essentially. I mean, for... Uh, for the Star Trek universe, it's you know pretty crazy. Yeah, and and sort of unique, and it it leads to um, this synthetics ban, uh, yeah. which is really interesting, and also feels very you know kind of un Starfleet and and anti um, Federation, and you know it's funny there there's a lot of the whole synthetics and sense and stuff that reminds me I think of of something that I know we both love, which is uh, Blade Runner. Yes. Uh, yeah. Just in terms of yeah. you know, kind of the the place of synthetics, you know, kind of mm-hmm. in society and and kind of this lower class uh, part of that. Is that is that anything that you had kind of thought of? Yeah. I, no, not that I thought of, but having you having you tell me that right now, I I could totally see a lot of parallels and you know the prejudice thing in synthetics that we saw mm-hmm. in like 2049 and the mm-hmm. original Blade Runner, especially. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I definitely agree. It is it is really weird kind of seeing, you know, Starfleet and and even in this in this episode, I think it's in in Maps and Legends when they do the flashback right to mm-hmm. to, to Mars, and you mm-hmm. see the the guy or the one synthetic who does it, but just some of the things that the the other workers, the human workers there, are kind of saying that is you know like you're saying very prejudiced and very much mm-hmm. um, against these synths and not valuing yeah. them. Um, at all, you know, it's, it's kind of jarring to, to see, mm-hmm. you know, these Federation people kind of talking that way mm-hmm. or, or, you know, kind of not being just very positive and all of that, you know, you kind of see that the enterprise crew that we've always followed, whether it be in TOS or in TNG or, um, you know, that, that isn't the, that is all of the galaxy or all of the Federation. Yeah. There are yeah. other parts to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, let's talk a little bit about the Tel Shiar, which um, was from the Next Generation. How is it yes. like seeing kind of that uh, pot lane again? Uh, I think it's awesome. Um, I always liked. Uh, Rom- so I always loved the Romulans and and the Tel Shiar, and you know there there's some really great episodes as well um, throughout TNG with them. Uh, Enemy Defector, mm-hmm. uh, those are two other really great episodes. Have you seen either of those ones? Um, just, I, I cannot, I can't recall. <laughs> right Defector now, but, is this yeah. great episode where a guy, where one of the Romulan. Um, well, at first, I think you think he's a lieutenant commander, but he like defects and the Enterprise crew is having to try to figure out if it's legitimate or not. So mm-hmm. um, it's cool. It's definitely cool to see them. I feel like we don't throughout TNG. There was always so much more that we could have done with the Romulans and with the Tal Shiar yeah. and mm-hmm. um, all of that. I don't know. And this is the thing that I do want to ask you. I don't know how I feel about the whole um, Zat Vash 
thing. Oh, oh, with uh, God, I, f- I forget his name. The little, the his uh, like teenage uh, bodyguard. Uh, no, with the with the whole idea that of the um, of like kind of the secret cabal within the Tal Shiar that's actually running the whole thing. The the is mm-hmm. it. Is it the Zotvash or the Vosh? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, very interesting, Pauline. Yeah, it just it just seemed interesting to me why we w- would need, like, kind of a secret cabal that was, like, mm-hmm. running the whole Tal Shiar rather than just it be the Tal Shiar because, you know, yeah. it's, it, it – you know, I'm I'm interested to see if there's more kind of explanation for some of that because it kind of feels like doing a uh, a Cold War movie and saying, oh well, we're against the KGB, but there's a secret KGB inside the KGB. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Michael Scott sort of. Story. Yeah, <laughs> like a yeah, a little um, a little uh, yeah, just kind of Russian dolls within Russian dolls kind of thing that. <laughs> Like, I don't know if it's just a story choice or, or where that comes from. But that's the one thing that I just, yeah, with the Tal Shiar that I was like, are, are we just saying it's the Tal Shiar? Are we just calling it something else or sort of where where are we at? But it kind of yeah. seems like you didn't you didn't really get that from it. Like it didn't really. Uh, no, I mean, like, you know, I mean, apologies to the any listeners. But, yeah, I mean, I uh, just don't um, some of the uh, next generation I'm not as familiar with. Um, I have, you know. Try to do as much research as I can, but uh, yeah. Well, that's why I'm here, so we can be a balance. Yes, yeah, thank you. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure your knowledge of a lot of uh, old TOS stuff is is better than mine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, it, this Maps and Legends, I it's a great episode. Um, as I said before, you know, the showrunner for this is Michael Chabon. Uh, Maps and Legends is one of his books. So I loved kind of that callback to, to just mm-hmm. him and his novels and stuff. It's a collection of his writings. Um, it's really great, but yeah. yeah, there's, there's also a lot of other kind of really cool callbacks in this. Um, mm-hmm. I, the, uh, the whole Vasquez rocks, um, kind of going back to that. Yeah, yeah, that was great to see. If anyone doesn't know, the Vasquez, Vasquez Rocks are a California sort yep. of landmark where they filmed the original Gorn fight with Kirk yep. and the Gorn. Yeah, but it's also something in which you're obviously a much bigger, you know, kind of film buff. It's mm-hmm. uh, I, I had heard Vasquez Rocks is kind of big in a lot of things, right? It's oh, kind yeah, of been used yeah. a lot of film history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they filmed a lot of stuff in there. Um, yeah, but uh, I love the little uh, Gorn fight though. Um, it's just like so, like I mean, you know, I love the original series, and you know, they've always uh, had their you know moments of uh, the budget. But yeah, it's uh, that fight is something else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that entire thing is just like a, a classic. It's a classic fight scene. It's a classic mm-hmm. episode, you know. And and again. That's something else that if people haven't, they're listening to this and they haven't seen, um, I can't think of the name of that episode, but any of that, it's definitely something you got to go back and watch. Um, but this episode is also cool because it introduces one of, I think one of the most interesting characters in this, in this new series, Rafi. I think Rafi. I love, I love Rafi. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She's very different than a lot of Star Trek. I mean, we've been talking about how some of this is different than what we usually see for Star Trek and the Federation, but mm-hmm. 
she's a little bit different too because she um they hint at it a little bit in this episode but you see it a little bit more you know as the episodes go that she you know kind of is karen i mean i said a chip on your shoulder earlier but Mm -hmm. she she definitely does you know she has some baggage and some things that she's you know kind of struggling with and and some complexity to her that you know a lot of uh other characters in TNG and TOS, you know, they they didn't have sort of the darker side that, you know, she, she seems to be struggling with, you know. Yeah, exactly. Alcoholism seems to be, mm-hmm. you know, one of her struggles. Yeah. And, um, you know, any thoughts on, uh, before we move on, um, two things. Thoughts on the, we talked about the uh, prejudice for synthetics. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I haven't, like, um, has there ever been sort of any, like, yeah, prejudice really in the Star Trek universe I can't think of? Um, I mean, there's, I feel like the whole prejudice for synthetics kind of, uh, and and that theme in this episode and definitely in in kind of the series, mm-hmm. it, it stems from, there are two episodes that I think of. One is um, the episode Measure of a Man, mm-hmm. which is when... Uh, when Bruce Maddox, who is the the guy that they're looking for in this whole uh, yeah. series, you oh. know, basically wants to ha- basically tear tear data apart, take data apart piece by piece, and is trying to make a case that data isn't actually a sentient being, mm-hmm. that he's just a machine like a computer, and that he shouldn't have the right to decide. Mm-hmm. what he does. And so there is a little bit of, you know, that that begins, I would say, in Next Generation, this kind of prejudice towards synthetics or toward, um, you know, machines and, and kind yeah. of viewing them as as something different um, mm-hmm. and not, you know, not something that should um, have a free will. That's yeah. another thing that if, if nobody's seen Measure of a Man, like that's definitely where you should, yeah. should start um, mm-hmm. in all of this. The other one, and I don't I don't remember the exact episode title, but there's okay. another really great one where um, in TNG where there are these like um, these like little uh, robots that the that the that this uh, like company or I can't remember exactly what it is mm-hmm. are. Um, that they're using them to like kind of do the dirty work for them. Mm-hmm. And these little machines become and begin to show sentience and show yeah. that they are afraid. Like they don't, one of them like won't go into a thing because it knows it's going to get destroyed if mm-hmm. it goes in there. And there, it becomes this whole question, this whole thing where the, I think it's a, it might be the terraforming episode. Okay. That might be something else. Um, somebody out there is upset with me right now and is going <laughs> to send you a lot of emails and say, what are you doing? But yeah. anyway, uh, data goes on this big, long, you know, kind of campaign to basically say these these small little machines like they're sentient this is a new form of life this is the whole purpose of the enterprise and of starfleet mm-hmm. is to find these new forms of life and these yeah. little machines are and uh it's interesting how many times i love picard but it's interesting how many times picard has to kind of be reminded of certain things <laughs> and well, he's, to, well, he's, to getting, of, he's getting up there as i guess yeah, we'll talk yeah, about that yeah yeah you know uh, um but yeah, so th- there there is that prejudice uh, against synthetics. I mean, you know, prejudice in Starfleet, um, I would say, isn't isn't really new. I mean, we mentioned mm-hmm. Undiscovered Country, and there, you know, Kirk throughout all of that is like angry at the Klingons, you know, for for his son. You know, he has his own prejudices um, against them. There's that that great part where he. Um, 
where he early in the episode. Bastards. Yeah, yeah. But he had also, he like recorded his, um, um, his captain's log and like kind of said some things about the Klingons and they like play it back to him later when Mm -hmm. they put him on trial and stuff. So, you know, not a good look for, not a good look. I know. I know. (laughs) Um, yeah. And I guess, um, just any, any last thoughts on, on that before we just move on to the next episode, Nathan? Uh, the last one, just in terms of prejudice that popped in my head just now, is I remember um, Worf, Worf's prejudice against uh, against the Romulans. And there's like mm-hmm. an episode where he can help out, um, where he can basically assist this Romulan to, to live and he refuses to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's there's a lot of little pockets of prejudice and of people, you know, kind of yeah. um, still having their own self-interest, which I think, oh, you know, yeah. we... I think we we think of Star Trek and the Federation as like oh it's all utopia and it's everything's beautiful and light but I think there are there have always been these little pockets of showing like hey people are still human mm-hmm. you know things still mess yeah. up people make mistakes yeah but um and uh, one last question for you uh, we we see Picard's vineyard mm-hmm. uh, what do you uh, what kind of uh, how would you um. How would you rate his wine? How, what would uh, the review be? <laughs> I'm sure his wine is delicious. I can't mm-hmm. imagine uh, Picard himself, Jean-Luc, or uh, the Picard family for how long they've, you know, had the vineyard of it being terrible wine. It's got to be. It's got to be delicious. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I I I think it's kind of I think. I mean, obviously his vineyard is, is beautiful. The whole thing, you know, it looks great. I'd, I'd love to go visit it. And hang out there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do think it's, I think it's interesting Picard, like kind of retiring to the vineyard. It, it makes sense for his family history and all of that. And there's mm-hmm. some good uh, vineyard. Um, well, there's a good vineyard episode where he goes to visit his brother. Who's there at that vineyard yeah. uh, episode family. I think. Yeah. What, that's a, that's a great one. It, it, really it is. is. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, really breaks down some great acting from yeah. Sir Patrick Stewart. Just mm-hmm. um, how he was dealing with being a Borg. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's 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 great for that. Yeah. You definitely again, the listeners got to go watch uh, um, Best of Both Worlds one and two, and then watch mm-hmm. Family right after that. Yeah. Um, but it's also it's also cool that episode is cool for showing you know kind of this deeper complexity for Picard. You know, in yeah. his family dynamic and stuff, and you don't really see some of the fighting that he has with his brother. You know, yeah, because unfortunately the brother dies, right? Yeah, he does in like in generations. Um, just kind of like they just kind of mention it, sort of, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in passing, um, which was a little interesting, but uh, yeah. but yeah, no, the vineyard looks great. I always saw Picard, <laughs> I always hoped that Picard would retire and become an archaeologist because mm-hmm. throughout the series, he always talks about how that was like one of his first loves and that's mm-hmm. what he always wanted to do. So when they yeah. had said that Picard, there was going to be a series. I would, I was hoping that he was going to be an archaeologist and it was going to be like a 90 year old Patrick Stewart <laughs> doing yeah. Indiana Jones type stuff, traveling the galaxy, just like finding like old, you know, artifacts and stuff like that. Oh, artifact full circle. We can yeah. <laughs> go into some of that Borg stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah. So anyway, Episode three, <laughs> yeah, episode three, which is uh, called "The Ending Is the Beginning." Um, we see uh, Picard's res- resignation from Starfleet. Um, mm-hmm. You know, after you know, you see all 
first couple episodes a lot of tension between him and the organization they won't let him get a ship mm -hmm. and um yeah i mean that was a really powerful scene because it's like um i don't know what is uh like kirk kirk tells him too uh you know you're kind of based he tells him like don't leave uh in star trek generations there's a good scene where he tells him don't leave uh being the captain because that's where mm -hmm. you can make the most difference and that's mm -hmm. what uh yeah that's what kind of spock tells him too in i think wrath of khan where it's like that's your first best destiny and like yeah i mean uh picard was so disillusioned with starfleet that yeah i mean where he could make the most difference he he quits yeah yeah and and i think that just shows kind of how heartbroken he was um mm -hmm. from you know kind of a couple of things obviously data and he talks about that that the death of yeah. data just has such a a weight on him um and then definitely i feel like he's heartbroken from starfleet that yeah. because you know he saw you know and again i'm going to connect it all the way back to nemesis and his you know kind of interaction with the romulans and them saying mm -hmm. hey you always have a friend here that when he sees that they're in trouble he's like we're going to help them it's the right thing to do their lives are not romulan lives they're just mm -hmm. lives yeah and uh, i think you know just that not playing out and the federation just you know kind of giving up and being like, well, we can't do that anymore. We're not going to, you know, that mm -hmm. he, he's just heartbroken about these two yeah. things that he cared about so much, Starfleet and Data. We uh, kind of see um, Picard's crew coming together. I mean, this is like kind mm -hmm. of a, because uh, I, I believe it's this episode he mentions he doesn't want to bring back his old next generation crew yes. like Worf and Geordi, um because like he doesn't want to endanger them as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and it has a great line from um oh I it's, uh, uh Picard's two I don't know if you want to call them employees or mm -hmm. or two people who who live there with them the two Romulans um Laris and and uh, I think it's Jabon um the two of them are some of the coolest characters too and this yeah. Laris is just awesome mm -hmm. um but I think Jabon says to him like oh you need to find somebody who hates you and mm -hmm. I think it goes exactly what you're saying that like. Oh, I don't want to endanger other people, but I'll endanger Rafi. Rafi, I can. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Jean Luc, you kind of you kind of screwed her over a couple of times already. Yeah. I want to do it one more time. Gives her gives her a bottle from his vineyard. I mean, yeah. I guess that's supposed to make up for you know, kind of uh, turning away and resigning and leaving her, and then yeah. you know, uh, ruining her life. And yeah, she's, she, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes Picard. Sometimes, um, yeah. Like, what do you think of this crew? I mean, obviously, it's not the original yeah. uh, Next Generation crew, but uh, they're they're really interesting. I I felt. Yeah, I agree. It's it's not it's not anything like our typical Star Trek crew mm -hmm. at all, which is usually all Federation, all very hierarchy and polished and following orders and mm -hmm. all of that. But like. Yeah, uh, Rios is really cool. The captain. Yeah, is really I love cool. Rios. Rios is mm -hmm. great. It's cool to see a Latino character in Star Trek. It is. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. It's awesome to see. Uh, yeah, just such a really strong, complex uh, Latino character. One who's mm -hmm. a, a captain, and um, you know who. Uh, yeah, he. Um, he. He's yeah. He's really great. Um, mm -hmm. the, the entire cast. You know, I mean you know, in terms of the diversity throughout the cast. Oh, but, yeah. Um, yeah. All of that is, is just awesome. Um, but yeah, they're, they're kind of, they're a little bit of a mix match crew. They, they remind me more of um, like Firefly 
type crew or yeah. or like Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, like, you know, just a couple of criminals yeah. kind of thrown together rather than our typical Star Trek crew. Um, yeah. That's got to be pretty weird um, for you, I would say, with the original series, because I feel like a lot of them were very <laughs> kind of mm-hmm. polished and all of that other than Kirk, you know, I feel yeah. like yeah. Chekhov and, and a lot of those guys, you know, they're very, I don't know. TOS always felt very the the crew there didn't I don't feel like too many of the crew what am I trying to say I don't know what mm-hmm. I'm saying no no it's it's all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um yeah just and then just kind of you know which a little crunch on time um you know what do you, what do you think of uh, just the this uh, Soji's the destroyer which is the uh, a twin of uh, Dodge, who are both Data's daughters. What did you mm-hmm. think of that? We haven't really mentioned her too much, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So character. yeah, the the whole twin thing was also there with the whole Zotvash was oh. one of those things that I'm like, okay, where how does this play out, sort of thing? Because it almost yeah. the the twin thing almost felt like, oh, we're gonna kill her off just to kind of make you go, oh my gosh, they killed her. That's it. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. bring in like, nope. But here's the soap opera twist. We have a twin. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, God, was it from Beer Fest? Where yeah. I'm, uh, I'm his brother, Tink, or I'm yeah. uh, Landfill's uh, brother. Um, and I taught him everything I knew. So it's like yeah. you never lost him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which, which almost goes back to the whole nemesis thing again of like, we killed Data, but we put all of his memories into B4. So <laughs> he didn't actually leave. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm interested to kind of see how that plays out and if Gerardi's whole thing of uh, um, oh well we need you have to make two at a time sort of thing if that mm-hmm. um, you know like how that plays out and if it kind of feels um, justified really yeah. I guess is yeah. what I'm saying but no I think Soji's Soji Dodge you know I kind of think of them the same um, I think she's really cool I'm interested to see what the destroyer kind of means what this mm-hmm. um, kind of destruction is that she's supposed to to bring about um, that whole uh, interrogation sort of part with her and that one Romulan uh, with the um, the cards or, or whatever they were uh, was really cool and really interesting and yeah uh, yeah it was just a, a you know different sort of vibe and all of that. Um, but yeah. I don't know. I don't, it's, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of where that goes and what direction the story yeah. has. No, definitely. And, um, just wrapping up here, we're on the last episode, which is, uh, episode four, absolute candor. We see seven of nine. Uh, um, yeah. I'm not, uh, it wasn't a big deep space nine. I'll admit <laughs> man, but yeah. how is that like seeing her back? Uh, I think I, it's great seeing Seven of Nine back, and uh, you don't see it as much in this episode as sort of the um, the one after this. But mm-hmm. uh, she she's definitely I I love I love Voyager. I love yeah. every series. Like it's hard for me not to. And uh, Seven of Nine is definitely one of the best characters I would say in Voyager. Um, one of the most interesting, and just to kind of see her. Uh, back is is really great is you know it's um yeah it's and and i think that there's a lot unfortunately that goes into the next episode uh that you know kind of hints at where she's been what she's been going through that's Mm -hmm. uh that's really cool and really interesting and um, kind of makes sense for the character in my opinion um 
And uh, yeah, I'm I'm hoping to see a lot more of of Seven of Nine for mm-hmm. sure. And but, you enjoy uh, El Elnor as well. He's a I do. A, yeah, I love that guy. <laughs> I do like El Elnor. Yeah, Elnor is really cool. Um, he's I feel like we haven't we haven't gotten as much screen time with him as I would kind of hope for. I want to see yeah. a lot more Elnor. Um, but yeah, the character and like his backstory and definitely his connection to Picard um, is really cool. And, and just, you know, kind of that Picard's known him, you know, since he was a little boy and, mm-hmm. um, his training, you know, kind of being this sort of, um, you know, uh, I don't, I don't really know if he would consider himself to be a Romulan assassin in the same way that, you know, the Tal Shiar and yeah. Zatvash kind of are Romulan assassins, but, you know, kind of, a. a Oh, they call him a warrior nun because <laughs> the their whole sect is is primarily women or all women except for him. But no, he's really great, too. And uh, I think he has I think Picard has some line of needing Elnor to be there because he's not a young man anymore. And uh, yeah. so it's it's cool to, to see all of his sword play and him protecting Picard. in that last uh, that last scene mm-hmm. uh, It's just is really cool. And, yeah. uh, you know. It's always mm-hmm. good to see a good sword in, in yeah. Star Trek. Yeah, right. I mean, and yeah, it was interesting that uh, Picard didn't fight as well. I mean, he was kind of, uh, yeah. I know, I know, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, great, great episode. You know, uh, we're a little short on time, unfortunately, Nathan, but oh, any, okay. any last thoughts to talk about this one? Um, uh, by Jonathan Frakes as well, directed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, Jonathan Frakes has you know, just done so much great stuff for, for Star Trek, obviously from in front of the camera to behind it. So, um, yeah, I love that he's been able to do so much, uh, in this series as well, but no last thoughts is just, uh, go out, watch more Star Trek for sure. Um, hit me up if you want a episode list of 27 episodes to help prep you for, (laughs) for, for Star Trek Picard, but no, yeah, just, uh, always watch more Star Trek and, yeah, mm-hmm. it's live long and prosper, obviously. Definitely. And um, yeah, Nathan, uh, where can uh, people find you at social media wise? If anybody wants to follow me at Ray Brad Curry, uh, definitely can. I hopefully will post again there soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please, yeah, check out. Um, be glad to check out your stuff. And you could follow me on Twitter, Instagram, G nine eight nine two. You could follow the Waffle Press on Twitter at the Waffle Press and on Instagram at the Waffle Press Podcast. Um, please like, share, subscribe on YouTube, um, iTunes, SoundCloud, and um, if you uh, feel generous, uh, donate to Patreon. And thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We've been professionally unprofessional. Unprofessional.